to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. We are here today to talk about the defensive free agents, potential trade targets, might get into a little bit of goaltending as well. We'll see where this show takes us. Following up on yesterday's show, talking about the forward targets for the Avs this offseason. The defensive class in general is a little bit smaller, in my opinion. Certainly, I think a lot smaller for ones that could potentially fit with the Colorado Avalanche, what they need and what their game plan is. And, you know, part of that is there's only six defensemen on a team, right? So you got to work with a smaller pool. Well, and and like what we talked about um, yesterday with the forwards is that they are they're they're in a specific place right now where they're not just like oh we need anybody, you know, like they're not bad anymore, so they can't they can't just look at the market and say there's. There's four guys out there that that we could bring in and that they would all make us better. Right. You know, Colorado's not in that position anymore. So they they aren't, you know, like we we I mean you're saying oh the the defensive free agent group is smaller than the forwards. It's saying something because our forward list yesterday was four real considerations. Yeah. Yeah, was was like at most six names long. Yep. So it was, you know, it's not, we're not, we're not exactly like advocating that the abs go ham and free agency here that when that thing opens, we're, you know, it's going to be fun. Cause you and I can just walk make popcorn and watch what happens around yep. the league that day. Watch we're not expecting a lot. Overpay a bunch of defensemen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who of course always get overpaid. You know, yeah. not everybody can get them can get a Jonas Protein sweetheart deal. Yeah, what a what a deal for Minnesota there, by the Man, way. I'm good for good for them. <laughs> they need something positive in their life. I I mean, I'm like it's fun to watch Detroit be terrible. Like I'm enjoying it, but they're gonna be good again someday, and I hope the Avs get them in the cup finals. You know, yeah, like buddy. I the the best part of a rivalry is when they're actually good and you guys like hate each other and you trade blows. It's 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 not very much fun, you know. We've we've seen it for a decade. It's not very much fun. The Broncos beat the Raiders twice every year, and you're just kind of like, this isn't okay. really a rivalry because one team just wins. <laughs> yeah, and we're you know where it's like CU CSU football. You know, like yep. people get people get really amped up for it, and then the predictable happens, and you're like. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we don't have to hear about college football in Colorado for another year. So, you know, this is, uh, I forgot how this all tied in, but 
point is is that the defensive market doesn't offer a whole lot of options. It it does not. Uh, before we do jump in, Nathan McKinnon won the Lady Bing, obviously, um, last oh, yeah. Friday after our it show. Happened. Yeah, I don't think uh, not a major not a major footnote in Nathan McKinnon's career is where I'm putting that at. So that's fine. Yeah, good for him. Yep, <laughs> his Calder Trophy's a little less lonely now in that trophy case, but. I think you want some other awards in there sooner rather than we later. Should, uh, we should get him some second place ribbons ready to go. Yeah, there you, you go. Know. <laughs> that way, that way, his trophy case you know, he can just hang those up because he's about to have a couple of second place art trophies. Yep, two for two on that, perhaps. And Ted um, Lindsay. Yeah, and that's true too. That's true too. Maybe he wins one. You never know. He could totally win. I, I really don't know. I don't have yeah. any information on it. We'll, uh, we'll get there when we get there as they announce those awards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the name on everyone's list on the defensive side is Alex Petrangelo. The Blues have essentially put themselves in a situation, barring moving heaven and earth here, where they're not going to be able to re-sign him. So the expectation is he's going to hit free agency. How hard do you pursue him if you're the Avs? And is it even a realistic option? Um, I mean, this is this is kind of the Taylor Hall conversation from yesterday, where if you can get Petrangelo to agree to like a three-year deal at eight or nine million, you do it. Yep. Like, of course you do it. Uh, if you had to choose between Petrangelo and Hall, you do. You choose Petrangelo. You do it. You take you take the the rare commodity. Um, I mean, it's to me that's a that's a no brainer. That's that's a very easy like Taylor Hall would be fun and and blah blah, but ultimately like more of a luxury. Whereas was Petrangelo fits a very a very specific need. And and a very specific role that Colorado just lacks. And we talked about it last year that one of the big red flags, one of the big things that Colorado lacked was a true top pairing that they could just lean heavily on in the postseason when they just need to when they just need to get through a shift, right? Or a guy that a guy that just chews up those huge minutes for you. The Avs didn't really have that. Like they they used McCarr that way and kind of burned him out. Yep. And like, Hey, like he was a rookie and blah, 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 blah. But he wasn't, it was obvious. He just wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, you expect him to be better prepared for it in the future. That's all good and well, but Petrangelo, he solves that right now. He fixes, he's, he answers that question right now. There'd be no doubt about it. And, the thing, the thing with him, he's already thirty years old, so you can't go crazy here. Well, I think that's the the ultimate root of this conversation is the time has come for the Amps to say we're trying to win a cup right now. Yeah, you're not trying to win a cup in a couple of years when Makar is the best defenseman in the league. You're trying to win a cup this next season. Yeah, especially if you're making a move for someone like a Petrangelo. Um, I don't, I 
might prefer making the Hall move over Petrangelo, to be honest, just given the way that the Abs play. Uh, I do think that they don't necessarily need that super duper defenseman that can play 30 minutes a night or whatever you want to call it. Um, they can play a heavy possession game and get away with rotating their defenseman to a certain extent, but that isn't to say you don't go for Petrangelo if the option's on the table. I mean, there are a select few players in this free agent class that it doesn't matter who you have on your team. They make you better. And Petrangelo is one of those. Yeah, for sure. And to be honest, like that just makes your transition into your youth that much easier. Yep. Um, Because while you would need to move out somebody, you know, if you, especially if you wanted to get into the kids, you would need to move a body or two, but you with a guy like that, and with Makar and Gerard really still on their ascension here. Yep. You know, it's not it's not like they're complete players yet. They're both twenty one. Well, Gerard's twenty two yeah. now, but yeah. So you're you're talking you you're gonna get into this. You're gonna have staggered timelines here, and I I just think with Petrangel, he just makes everything easier for you. And f- unfortunately for for the Avs, like there's no incentive whatsoever for him to take a short-term deal. Somebody's gonna get somebody's gonna offer him the goods. Yep. I think it'll I think it'll be St. Louis. Uh I think they'll continue to work and carve out caps. So? They got uh, a lot of work to do, man. They've already, I mean, uh, d- giving up Jake Allen for free. It helps. It got them it got them halfway to the nine million. So um but they have to sign Vince Dunn too, though. I know, I, I I know, but like you you buy out Alex Steen, you find him, you find somebody to take on uh, Tyler Bozak's contract. Like, I there's there are things that they can do, yeah, uh, to continue to get there. And I just you just don't let Alex Petrangelo walk. You just don't do that. Yeah, that's definitely a fair point. So I'm I I, I just. I I would be surprised if he honestly hit market. Like St. Louis has so much work to do to to get there, but I'm of the opinion that they'll do it. Getting some questions about it in the chat. Let's say the Evs are targeting a Petrangelo. Who's on the block? Obviously, Zadorov has been talked about. I think regardless of whether the Evs bring in a D or not. Yeah. Um, for sure. Is there anyone else on that list? I, not. I see some mention of EJ in the chat. I doubt it. Um, Cole yeah. and Grave seem to be the next two guys on the list for the most yeah. part. Any, I mean, you're lying to yourself if you think that there isn't a team out there that would take an Ian Cole or a Ryan Graves in a trade right now. Uh, it's just that what would the value be to Colorado? Like, you're probably getting a third-round pick. Yeah. And for a team that's trying to win a Stanley Cup right now, there's just... <laughs> There's not much value in a third. Yeah, round like let's be honest here. Like, uh, getting an extra third round pick is like, yeah, that's nice, you know. And literally in five years, that might be something that that works out for you. Um, but it's it's you know, meh. Yeah, definitely. So like, not if, high value. If you could, because because if depending on what the the numbers and all that look like, like they could afford it for a year for a guy like Cole who's got a year left totally that you know with with Graves and Zadorov you're talking about 
RFA years and you know, more complex situation, a little, yeah. little more complicated, but that's why they would have a little more value as well is because the team can get them for a little bit more term security. Yeah. A yeah. little, a little, more, a little cheaper. So, yeah. um, yeah. So the, and like the whole, like the EJ thing, you know, he's got to wave his thing for, he, he has to, he has to be auto protected in the expansion draft right now. So, yeah. you know, I, I just don't I don't think that he's going anywhere. The organization loves that guy. Um Yeah. He loves being an Av. That's a relationship that continues to work for both sides. Yeah. It pretty well respected in the room as well. So it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to move him for various reasons, but I don't think he will get moved. Um This conversation gets a little bit more interesting once you move past Petrangelo. Yeah. Because Petrangelo, it's like, yeah, okay, you do something to make that happen if there's interest. But everyone else on this defensive free agent list, at least to me, either doesn't feel like a great fit or just isn't going to work. Like, isn't worth the effort, I guess I should put it that way. Well, the 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 couple of the guys at the top there, um, you know, you look at Sammy Votnin, uh, Tory Krug, Tyson Berry, Justin Schultz. Those are all like puck movers. Yep. Like first and foremost, puck movers. It's not what they need. Not uh, Barry and and Krug certainly not going to give you the the billion minutes on the defensive end. Uh, Vatnin, I just have zero interest in given his injury history. That's a guy who you're hoping plays half a season for you, yeah. basically. I mean, those are, those are guys where it's like, look, you're, you're rolling the dice. You're, you're, they, they fit in some situations. Um, those situations just aren't Colorado. Like yeah. I, I'd love Troy Krug. I'd love Tyson Berry, but, the, the Avs just don't like it's just not a that's not a fit for them. If the Avs wanted Tyson Berry, he'd still be here. <laughs> if they wanted that type of player, they could have kept one. Yeah. So. And you know, him having the year that he had, his price tag is not going to. He's he's not talking about eight million dollars anymore. Right. But even then, like, you know, you're not you're not rolling into free agency being like the like like we said it doesn't solve the exact problem the abs had you add tyson berry to this team and you're still running a defense of like trying to mix and match in all these specific situations and get guys out there in the right zone and the right start yeah. it's well, not like guy that you just say all right it's a it's you're up it doesn't matter where the puck is just go out there and play that guy that guy actively makes you worse defensively yeah yeah so you know it's for all the for all the things that Barry does well, um, the actual just, defense is not it. Yeah. yeah, like it really just doesn't. It does not fit. What they need, what they really need, is they need somebody that can move a puck reliably. It doesn't have to be an, a really offensive guy, but a guy that has a little bit of offense and is stable in his own zone. Is is can play a little reliable. bit of PK. Yep. 
Yeah, a reliable guy definitely has to be able to play some PK. You know, somebody somebody that's very set and forget. Yep. And has, you know, has a little bit of physicality to him because you would always like to add that on the back end. Let's be honest here. Yeah. You're especially someone you're asking to be solid defensively. Uh, look, you any given team can really only have one Sam Gerard on it. And that's not to take a knock on Sam Gerard. Sam Gerard is very, very solid defensively. But if you run a pairing of two Sam Gerards, they are going to get abused physically. They just don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, Jonas Brodin, honestly, was is like, that's basically the guy they need. Before like, this morning, AJ's plan was to talk about Brodin as a trade target for the abs. So. Yeah. Well, and then they signed him, and it was like, well, Matt Dumba's not really what they need either. Nope. So, Well, we can talk a little bit more. Some guys that potentially are a little bit more solid on the defensive side in the second period. But first, we got to take our break and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. With eight of them on tap down at the DNVR bar, you can go down there and get yourself a couple drinks. I believe it's the... Nuggets watch party game seven tonight. So the place will probably be popping off. It's sold out for that. Uh, are you? Yeah. I don't have, I mean, faith, I'll be honest. I, I don't, I don't either. Um, but at the same time, like I, I really want to crash the LA party. Yeah. <laughs> like the NBA is so obnoxious when it comes to the nuggets and how they treat the nuggets is like this afterthought and, you know, and, and, to be fair, like the Nuggets as an organization and a franchise haven't done anything to deserve otherwise, really. You don't you don't get to be taken seriously just because you're plucky and fun. Selfishly, I'd like to see them advance just so I have another sport to watch that isn't football for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, because baseball's winding up, so it's like we're we're gonna we will have gone from having all of the sports to being Football, back, yeah, back quick. to football, which the, of course, the NFL fucking loves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Either way, pour a Breck brew out for the Nuggets tonight, whether it's in celebration or in sadness. Go to breckbeer.com, find their Breck beer locator, and use it to find the beer you like the most closest to you. Of course, we have DraftKings Sportsbook as well, the main sponsor for this podcast. Obviously, Broncos came up a little bit short in week one, but it was nice to see another sport back out there on the field playing official games. And DraftKings keeps things rolling with amazing odds boosts, especially when it comes to football. All new users have the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a bet for $1 on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool 100 bucks. For your first bet when you create your account, well, just give it a shot. It's $1. You might as well give it a try to turn it into 100 bucks. So go to DraftKings Sportsbook and download the app today or use it right on your PC. Whatever works for you. They're safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that offer of $1 bet for $100 in winnings. Again, promo code DNVR. 
when you sign up for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, we're starting to drift into the category of guys that I don't know how much better they would actually make the avalanche. But you're talking about a guy like a Justin Schultz, a, a TJ Brody, a Chris Tanev. So these are the guys you have to be really careful with. Yeah. Because like Justin Schultz had a terrible year in Pittsburgh. Um, TJ Brody had a down year in Calgary and Chris Tanev's year gets boosted because of the run Vancouver made, but Chris Tanev is not the guy that he was a couple of years ago, pre 4,000 injuries to be on. Yeah. I mean, Tanev almost never lived up to the hype that he was supposed to be. Honestly. I mean, he was certainly better than Brandon, and he so he That's lives a on as low bar, but yeah. he lives on as best Tanev as much as uh, Winnipeg fans would like to disagree. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that guy was touted as a lock-in top four, two-way can give you everything type defenseman, and he's he's developed into uh, not really going to provide you that much offense. Is solid when he's healthy, but now he's 29. It, it's just a little bit disappointing for me personally because he was supposed to be this kind of do-it-all defenseman. Nonetheless. Like, yeah, Tanev, look, the Tanev is the guy that they would go out, and it's like, it's kind of like repeating the Ian Cole signing. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Where it's it's like, you know, maybe maybe a couple of years ago this that guy was the right guy for you, but now you just need somebody with a little more upside. Just a just a little more um too a little too one-dimensional and not good enough at that dimension. Is okay. my problem. Like my problem my problem is that if you if you're gonna go and get a one trick pony, they need to be really good at that trick. And Tanev is a Tanev is a l- very low offensive guy, which is fine. I don't mind that. But as a defensive defenseman, he's still getting caved. Like he's not driving any play. Uh, he's he's negative in everything. None of his none of his underlings look good. Um, it's just. And and getting older and and the beating that he's taken in his career, all the injuries, everything, everything that, that he's gone through, it's just like the guy feels like your classic UFA landmine. Yeah. I I wouldn't touch him. I'll put it that way. But he's in this conversation. So can you sell me on someone else? Can you sell me on a, a TJ Brody not being another landmine? So Brody and and again I say this I say this a massive caveat here of you have to be careful because all of these guys are 30. <laughs> like all of them are 30 years old and you walk that line. You know, I think that I I think that we have gotten a little especially in Colorado because we watched 
guys like Boschman and Stewart finish their careers here, Zanin, you know, guys who were deep into their 30s yeah. came to Colorado and finished their careers here, Fedor Tutin, and it was and it was bad. It was hard to watch. Yep. It was ugly. Uh and and it sort of developed this stigma that if you're 30 years old, you're no longer a useful NHL player. And this isn't this isn't me advocating for going out and <laughs> loading up on 30-year-old guys, but you can't be quite as afraid of that number as I think a lot of Avs fans instinctively are, given the way that they've been burned over the last decade. Like, I understand how it developed, and it developed for good reason, but this, uh, like, inherent fear of the... of of He's 30 years old. Oh, my God! He's almost dead! I like think- it's... There's a little bit of a, a misnomer there too, because a lot of those guys that have instilled this fear were mid thirties. Right, they about- were thirty five and yeah. thirty six years right. old. Like, and but it's still like it helped develop that where it was like EJ EJ is thirty one, and we're talking about him like he's slowed so far down that he's not useful anymore. And before he got hurt, those playoffs was the best he's looked in five years. You know, like it, it's just like, uh, like the third. So I, I say this all to lead into. I think I think DJ Brody makes a lot of sense. Um, he's a guy that that you can feed a lot of minutes to. He's he's got really strong underlying numbers. The only real concern is that he's been stapled to Mark Giordano for like four years. How so much of that is a carry job, yeah. So, like, how much of that is TJ Brody? But there's enough offense there. He gives you a little bit of he gives you a little bit more of puck moving ability. You could put him on a second pairing next to Sam Gerrard, very reliably. Yeah, like that could be it. Could be it. Could be Gerrard and Brody. And that is a bit of an all situations pairing. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a pairing that gives you, it just gives you a little bit of everything. You know, he's, he's a lefty, but he's been playing on the right side for a billion years. So you could, you could put him there. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't want to do that, you could, I mean, you could work the lineup however you want. Again, he's a lefty. So maybe you wanted to put him next to Makar. You know, whatever, like whatever, right? And I'm not talking like top pairing, second pairing, like but we get we get caught up in those designations a lot, and it's really like the usage depends on the game and the game situation that they're in. Um the the thing is is that like that uh, he steals you a, a guy like Brody steals you against Eric Johnson goes down in the playoffs and now you're forced to overplay Graves, Cole, and Zadorov again. Right. Because, like, the problem there was that those guys are all fine third-pairing players, right? Right well, after I get done saying... them to do too much, yeah. We get, we, get, we get caught up in designations, and I'm like, these are third-pairing players. Like, these are guys whose ceilings we see and recognize. They can't play too much because the mistakes pile up. The big mistakes will happen. You have to kind of manage their situations uh, and and put them in positions to succeed and to get the best out of them. And we know now the best out of them is not 22 minutes a night for any of those guys. 
And that a, t- a guy like TJ Brody helps you steal against that, helps you kind of against that, but it obviously complicates not only the expansion draft, but also it complicates the what are you doing with Byram and Timmons? Like it, it doesn't make that conversation any easier because TJ Brody's not coming to Colorado on a one-year contract. Yep. That's a guy you're probably going to have to give a four-year deal. Yeah, it's so. it's a commitment one, and as you said, uh, realistically, you're looking at already at moving out one defenseman and probably a second if you have any interest in in advancing your prospects yeah. in the coming season. So, like in the in the in the world of of trying to navigate landmines and bad ideas, this is still probably a bad one, but it's one that I could. Bye. So you're saying I would, <laughs> you I step would, on the landmine you can defuse, not the one that just blows you I, up. Well, like <laughs> you're hoping that, like, well, well, I mean, really, what you're you're stepping on all these landmines. Like, you, if you're going to sign one of these guys, you're stepping on. You're hoping that it's a dud. Yeah, right. you're hoping that it just doesn't work and that it's not a landmine at all. You know, you're just, <laughs> that's that's the hope when you go into free agency is that you're just hoping. This doesn't blow up in your face. <laughs> Fair. So that's like, and Brody is really the only guy that I'm looking down this list, and there are other guys, you know, like we've Hammonic gone through, a, we've gone through a lot of the puck movers, yeah. but you know, the 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 like Brendan Dillon's been a really good defender for a long time, but doesn't doesn't move pucks very well, and again, like he's blocked a lot of shots over the years, and it's kind of added up. You know, Radko Gudis might be able to bring the a little bit of that nastiness that they could use back there, uh, especially if they but trade Zadorov. Cannot move a puck though. But you're that's a lateral move, exactly. Yeah. Justin Braun, same kind of conversation. So yeah. you're really you're really looking at these, and you're like, look, they, the the don't need to be in this market for any of these guys. They're fine. You know, I'm I am curious if they revisit Kevin Shattenkirk, knowing that. He bounced back the way that he did this year for Tampa Bay and that they aggressively pursued him the last time he was in free agency. Now they were in a different position, of course, but they, they that was still when they had Eric Johnson and Tyson Berry. I mean, it, it's an interesting conversation specifically because you see that bounce back in Tampa Bay, which... Not directly, but stylistically, is a team that the Avs have modeled themselves similarly to. Yeah. So maybe there's some parallels there where you can get something similar out of Shattenkirk as as a, a team. Look, Tampa Bay is the best team in the league right now, in my opinion. But the Avs aren't that far behind. If a good team around him can get 35 points, 40 points out of a Kevin Shattenkirk, we know he's a good puck mover. The defense is starting to decline with his age a little bit. It was never high-end either, but it's also not Tyson Berry levels. Right. That would be that would be another one where it's that would be one where it's like, look, they've they've just coveted this guy forever. Yep. They obviously loved him. They drafted him. They really didn't want to trade him, but they kind of felt I mean, it was Eric Johnson. And yep. then when he hit free agency, they went hard after him. 
And his New York tenure was a total disaster. Yep. And he's back to being the guy that he was before that uh, in Tampa. So, again, not something that I'm advocating. Um, I, similarly, you look at a guy like Zach Bogosian. If you're looking for, you know, kind of that defender where all of a sudden he looks better than he ever has in his entire career. <laughs> and you wonder, does it is has playing on a good team with good players around him brought out something yeah. in his game? Or is this just a guy that's having a good playoff and yeah. will immediately return to earth next season? Like that's I'm a little okay. I'd be a little bit more concerned with the the lack of track record with Bogosian. Yeah. Like these are these are all situations where I don't think we have to have this conversation realistically. Uh, I do wonder, you know, you get deeper into this list, and I do wonder about a guy like um, Eric Gustafson coming out of Calgary. Like, somebody's oh, somebody's going to give that guy somebody's going to give that guy money. Yeah, I don't. And want so I don't think we have to worry too much about that in Colorado. But I I wonder very much where in the Central Division he ends up. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Um, Gustafson and Landis Gog are best friends. So there's connections there. Right. Like you just never know. <laughs> um, like other depth guys, like, a, you know, I don't expect Dylan DeMello gets out of Winnipeg. Um, the, yeah, I don't think so. Um, the, who's the guy that's leaving Ottawa that everybody's really upset about. Um, I wouldn't know offhand. I can look it up. Let's see. I can't. I can picture him. He's the the toothy smile and the bald, and he did that really awkward interview with the owner. Oh, Borowiecki, whatever. That's not how you oh, say Borowiecki. it. Borowiecki. Yeah. 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 So he's going to be in free agency. But again, like these are all like low-end options where it's like these are maybe like your Kevin Kanaan replacements yeah. type, type guys. And yeah. Eh. These are these are all very meh and leading into the one guy that we haven't talked about yet, which we will get to in the third period. Uh, we do need to take another quick break first, of course, and recognize MSU Denver online. If you are looking to either get your first experience in college or get back in and earn your degree, MSU Denver online can be a great option for you as they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. They provide rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world in the classroom. Many of them have worked in the field that they teach, so they're also a great networking opportunity as well and can get you connected to get a job when you are all done. We had Ali Monroy and Harrison Wind both take classes there over the summer, so if you have any direct questions, feel free to hit them up and they will tell you what their experience was like. Overall, generally very positive from both of them, and they said they love the classes they took, so give it a try today. Check them out. They have over 40 different programs as well as uh, 750 or 250, I think, not 750 different classes that you can check out online. Yeah, 750 would be like insane, but many, many different classes. If you just want to try one, give them a look today and get in and, and learn something. Perhaps earn a college degree while you're at it. Third period of the DNVR podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The mystery man himself 
once upon a time played for the Winnipeg Jets, didn't play for the Winnipeg Jets this season, has played forward in his career, at least in Chicago. Dustin Bufflin, is he? Is this a real option? Is this something that not just the Avs, would anyone consider this? If he wants to play, there's going to be a market. And at 35 years old, you don't have to make a big commitment here. Yeah. I, like, I, this is a guy. Year, <laughs> I would say the majority of his market's going to be one year, and the desperate teams might offer two. Yeah. I. Like, I would and, offer and, two. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, there's no way in hell I, w- I would offer two. I would 100%. I would offer one. And if he has anything left in the tank, hell to the yeah. If if he doesn't, this is, for me, this is the same conversation that we had about Val Nachushkin a year ago. And this is me learning and growing as a person because as much as I couldn't stand the Nachushkin thing, like, I would be all about the buff one. If, if there's if he wants it and if he wants to be in the game, he's going to have an opportunity. If he has anything left in the tank, he can help you. He could absolutely help Colorado in a myriad of ways. If he doesn't have anything left in the tank, then that's okay. You either, you either sit him for the year. You, you know, if somebody wants to trade for him or you terminate the deal and it never really happens and it costs you Nothing. I think I think that's the big sell point here is if it works out, you've made your team better. If it doesn't work out with the Dustin Bufflin, that's a guy you have no problem running as your seventh or eighth D, and you can give time to Byram and Timmons. Yeah. So Yeah. And I mean like that you talk about physicality. Definitely brings that. That dude that dude would just show up and eat anybody that gets near him. Yep. I so, mean, we were, how how could you forget when he tag teamed Tyson Berry and John Mitchell at the same time? <laughs> like the guy was the guys. I mean, not many I mean, hockey players that are six five two sixty. Put it that yeah, way, right? And like the he he would just bring enough. And and if he has anything left in the tank offensively. Little, you know, the oh hey, I like to shoot from the point. Well, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more excited about him shooting from the point than I am Ryan Graves or Ian Cole. True enough, Nikita Zadorov. Like I'm, or even Eric Johnson. I mean, this is like obviously the serious concerns about the time off and the injury problems that that led to that. But in eighteen nineteen, he had thirty one points in forty two games. Yeah, you know, the last time he played hockey, he was still a very quality NHL player. He was still real damn good. So this is just this is just a matter of can he is he is he healthy? Does he want to play? A lot of questions we just don't know. What is what kind of role is he looking for? Does he is he willing to play anywhere? Like whatever, right? Like because Colorado could offer that dude. Hey, well, we can, we they can offer him more money for this year. This is where their their cap situation and on a one year deal would one hundred percent play in their favor because they could give him four or five million dollars and be just perfectly fine with that. 
and not worry about, oh, well, what about his next contract? What about eh, next year? For right now, you could get him if, if if you could get him to to agree to a one year deal for decent money, and he doesn't have you know, and he's he's getting a he's getting a one year deal, two million dollar offer from Dallas or somebody. You know, you can you can offer him more than that, and you could say, hey, come in here. For people who believe be a monster. In it, he has also been a very big playoff performer. Uh, 50 points in 66 playoff games in his career. I know some of that was at forward, but in Winnipeg, he had the 17, 18, 16 points in 17 games. And then in 18, 19, eight points in six games for them in the playoffs. So uh, arguably his, I mean, his best point per game, certainly. Yeah. Best, yeah. Came in Winnipeg. Yep. So um, I'm, for me again, this is like with Petrangelo. If he wants it and it makes and it makes sense, they can find a contract that makes sense. This is an easy yes. So an he's yes. he's kind of the wild card X factor of the defensive and free agent class. Like part of me is kind of like, could you just imagine a Zadorov Buffalo third pairing? I mean, there's no way it happens, but man, that blue line would never get crossed. <laughs> <laughs> like it would just be like. And like we're obviously thinking about like Dustin Bufflin is like the good the good Dustin right. Bufflin. If he's bad, he's bad, and he sits on your bench the whole season unless you can move him. Like, yeah, but, or you give him his four million dollars. But and that's like, like that's away. the take here, right? It, if you're getting one of these non-established guys, you're betting on upside as the Avs. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's pretty hard to find anyone with as much upside as Bufflin. Despite right. him being 35, I know it's kind of counterintuitive. The, the 35 and coming off serious injury. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like realistically, though, it's come on. You, you're talking about this or are you going to go? Are you going to go chase Andy Walensky or Luca Spiza right. or Carson Soucy or Dalton Prout? Or you want to see what happens with Dustin Bufflin? Like, come on. <laughs> pretty easy decision let's just be real here like yeah there's no it just it just doesn't hurt you if you take the chance that it doesn't work it just doesn't yep as long as you sign as long as you keep to the one-year deal there's not really there's not a team effect downside there's a, a marginal financial downside that's pretty irrelevant at least when it comes to the cap yeah but i mean and we don't care it's not our money right exactly you know, I can so, understand the Cronkies being like, why did we give that guy $4 million and he played six games for us? I can understand their their hesitance, but it's not my money. <laughs> if they can get the owner to sign off on it, I just don't I, I don't see that I don't see that there being a downside here. It's it's like if it works out <laughs> awesome, yep. then you're better and you're not committed. And if it doesn't work out, then you move on. It's fine. I like that answer. Um, Quickly, I know we already touched on it a little bit, but it's hard to find a trade partner. If we're looking at at moving towards a defenseman in in a different regard for the Avs, one, quality defensemen in this league that are tied up come at an extreme premium of price. Right. And when when you have Byron and Timmons sitting there, paying like you're gonna have to give one of those guys up to get somebody right so it's you know when you and i were looking around the league like are there any good ones like the list is very limited 
Yep. At least ones that might be available. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. The conversation, the conclusion that you and I kind of came to was like, well, look, we know the abs might be in the market for a goaltender. Maybe there's a package deal somewhere where you get a defenseman thrown into it. Right. And that's, that's where we ended up in Arizona. And it was like, Hey, if they went after Kemper, they supposedly are trying to shed money. Nicholas Jalmerson's going into his last year, last year of his deal. And, you know, long history of being a good, good defensive defenseman, great PK guy. He fell off a little bit last year. Um, I mean, that's what happens when you get older, right? Well, it, the thing about Hjalmarsson being in that last year of his deal as well, he's 33. You you treat it similarly to what we just talked about with Bufflin. If he's there, yeah. great, play him. If he's not, he can be your 7th, 8th D and let the kids do the thing. Yeah. So, in that regard, I think it makes some sense. And if it makes Kemper cheaper, you know, if taking on $5 million in, in Hjalmarsson's contracts is, okay, Kemper costs a second and not a first, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't have any interest in OEL. Um, the Not money with is that too, contract. Oh the money, God, the yeah. money is too high, and his game has taken too many steps back. And like, maybe being on a good team rejuvenates him, and you get the very best of him, and you get that monster again. But I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that chance. There's I, I'm personally six years left on that seven, if you count 2020, 2021, all NMC'd. At eight million dollars till he's thirty six. Yeah, and he would not be the and uh, yeah. I'm no, I'm good. I'm sorry. Yep, yep. I I wouldn't touch it either. It, I just, especially yeah. given the, the Sakic has said a lot of things in the past that have not been true about his approach to the off season. So. <laughs> The people, the people taking his. Why would I go after a goaltender at a hundred percent face value? Maybe that ends up true, but they might not. They also just played a second round series where their backup had an eight fifty save percentage. So, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, you can't. What you say and what you see sometimes don't line up. and Yeah, and, you know, Sackick, Sackick doesn't give a whole lot away. Yep. He's always playing like, close Like to the most GMs. Yep. Like, he's not coming out there being like, all right, so guys, here's our offseason plan. Step-by-step, uh, step, this is how we're going to approach everything, and this is, this is what's up. Yeah, I called up Flurry's agent. I said, you know, it would be hilarious if you posted this picture of a sword through him with yeah. the boar written on it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's sow the seed of dissent, eh? Right in the middle of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, Jalmerson was like one of the and like it would have to be not very expensive because again, he's thirty three. He's coming off a down year. He's in the final year of his deal. Right. Like, the- We'll take your cap if you want to make Kemper cheap for us, is what the abs are saying with a deal like that. Yeah. Um, beyond that, there's not a whole lot. Like, if Anaheim is opening up its doors uh, and they were willing to move a guy, you know, you could call about Josh Manson. The price is probably going to be a little steeper than you like. Yeah. And you're taking, you're taking the chance on a guy, again, coming off of a down year where you're like, I don't know about this. So 
there weren't there weren't a lot of trade candidates that we really liked where where it was like this guy fits and makes them better. It's just so hard to get value acquiring a defenseman in a trade. Yeah. So I don't know how realistic that is for the ads, especially given that they don't have a second round and pick in this upcoming draft. Definitely. And you so, don't want to you don't want to give up too many futures for things because if you give up if if you give up next year's second then you're already you're already rolling downhill you know yeah. then you get to the deadline and it's like okay well then are you giving up the second in that and yeah all uh, of a sudden your cupboards start looking bare real quick right and you just get into that you get into that cycle that a team like Pittsburgh has been in where the, they just keep giving up those picks and just trying to tread water. Yep. Right. Well, and you're like, oh, well, you're, and you're having the conversation of, well, okay, well, how much does this pick really help us? And then again, like I, when we were talking about the third round pick, oh, well, in the next five years, maybe that guy helps us. But then five years go by and you haven't made a second round pick. And you're like, well, this is when that guy would have started to help you. And you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And you yes. can't. Especially get on that treadmill. at a defensive position where beyond Timmons and Byram, the Avs defensive prospect pool is relatively thin. Yeah. And giving up giving up picks in next year's draft just means you're giving up a defensive prospect because it's a super D class. Yep. Straight up. So I <clears> guess <throat> we're wrapping up for the day. Um, we'll probably touch a little bit more on goaltenders tomorrow. I don't know if we'll do a full show on it, but We'll have some of those conversations. AJ, any any final thoughts on on skaters into free agency and trades this offseason? Be super duper careful. Free agency is scary. Free agency is where free free agency is where cup dreams go to die because you make the big mistake. Yep. Don't swing for the fences and uh end up striking out. Yeah, you've got to be right. You've got to get it right. You gotta get it right. That is a great place to end the show. We're gonna get out of here for the day. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Saw a couple new faces in the live chat. Appreciate y'all. Be sure to give the YouTube channel a like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton over there. If you're not watching on YouTube, highly recommend it. It's the best way to watch the podcast, especially live. So jump on over there if you haven't. Other than that, we are out of here for the day, and you know the drill. Five days a week, we will talk to you guys tomorrow.